Welcome, ladies, to the Overcomer class. You are all overcomers tonight because you overcame the freezing cold to come here. <laughs> it's really awful, isn't it? It goes right through you. So you are overcomers. You guys are real uh, conquerors to conquer this cold to come out. Um, and I just want to tell you, we are going to have the group time and prayer time tonight. So if you aren't sitting around somebody, you might want to move closer so that we're going to get in groups of like six or less. So just to be around somebody that you can share with. Um, besides the Overcomer book, I'm reading a book by Corey Ten Boom right now. And in one part, um, she talks about the world she lived in and just the, all the uncertainty and everything. And her quote reminded me of the times we're living in right now. And I just wanted to read it to you. She says, up to my 50th year, I had always lived in one town, Harlem, in the Netherlands. Then the cruel hand of war destroyed the quiet life of our happy family. The foundation of our happiness was that we knew ourselves hidden with Christ and God. The enemy could take away all our material possessions, but he could not destroy our faith in God's love in Jesus Christ. On the contrary, when all earthly security was very uncertain, which our times are now, we experienced with tremendous joy the invincibility of the sure rock in which our anchor is eternally fastened. Before we had believed, but now we knew that the light of Christ is stronger than the deepest darkness. We have a message for the world. From experience, we can t now tell that a child of God can never go so deep into darkness that he will not always find beneath him the everlasting arms that uphold him. And to me, that's an overcomer statement. She was amazing, the things she went through, but she just you know, kept the word close by and prayed and... So to me, she was an overcomer. Um, and let's just pray before we get started. Lord, we thank you that in all this uncertainty, Lord, we're experiencing that you're the one thing that's certain. Lord, you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord. And we're certain that you're here with us, Lord. You're never going to leave us or forsake us, Lord, no matter what we experience, no matter what we go through, Lord. As she said, there's nothing so deep that you're not deeper still, Lord. And what a promise that is. What a comfort, Lord. Um, all of us, Lord, in the last two years have been through some trials, some things we've never had to experience before. And, Lord, we just thank you and praise you that you are taking such good care of us, Lord, that we know you. And, Lord, that is our message. We just want to share the, the light of Jesus with those that don't know you yet, Lord. So tonight, Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would be with us, and um, we love you, Jesus. We just pray in your name. Amen. Um, did anybody start the book yet? Oh, a lot of you. Do you like it? Yeah. I think the thing that was really um, a blessing to me was he uses so much scripture, and he also talks about the heroes of the Bible, and just the way they overcame. And then he also says he put in a hundred stories of men and women who overcame their own adversity so that you can learn from it and be inspired by their determination. And that's true. The stories he has in there are so inspiring. 
Um, and this, this tonight will be the introduction, and as Kristen said, we're going to watch a video by David Jeremiah and Sheila Walsh interviews him about the book. And it's a great uh, overview of the book. And we can't show the whole thing because it was too long, but we're going to show a clip of it. But you can watch the whole thing on his website if you want to see the rest of it. Um, your homework for this week is, was to read the prologue. So um, if you didn't get to it and you didn't get to the book yet, in the small group time, you can just write down maybe some things in the video that blessed you and spoke to your heart that you can share with the group. Um, in the prologue, he says, you'll discover the path to victory over the trials you face in your life. Yes, and all of them, loss, disappointment, betrayal, abuse, injury, lies, addiction, self-doubt, mistakes, grief, anger, anxiety, persecution, regret, and there's so many more. But he says, you will discover the path to victory. And Romans 8, 35 and 37, if you guys want to turn to that in your Bibles, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? The trials and difficulties listed here not only do not separate us from God's love, they make us more than conquerors by causing us to depend even more on God. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And the key here is through him. We're not conquerors in our own strength. It's through him. And there was a footnote in, the, in my Bible that said, more than conquerors here is present tense. Keep on being conquerors to a greater degree or keep on winning a glorious victory through him who loved us. Jesus Christ and his love for believers enables them to triumph. And I love that more than conquerors because Paul's writing this and he's he went through all these things, tribulation, persecution. I mean, the list of stuff he went through, you just feel like you're a baby compared to everything he went through. But um, it says we're more than conquerors. I, I mean, I think that is amazing that God says not only can you be a conqueror, but you can be more. You can overcome all these things. That's such a promise. And um, all of us are overcomers if you've placed your faith and hope in Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Everyone who's been born of God. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And I just think that's such a promise. This is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. I think sometimes we forget what Jesus has done for us. We forget the miracle of being saved and being born again. And um, if you turn to Colossians 1, 10 to 13, it talks about that. And I love these verses. It just shows what he has done for us if, you, if you're a believer. Colossians 1, 10 to 13. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you 
to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I just love that, that it's, you know, he said he's rescued us and brought us into the, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And that's a miracle. You know, if you think of your life, how you were before you were saved and everything that you did and God reached out and rescued us. And that's miraculous. Um, Romans 8, 15 to 18 reminds us of who we are in Christ. If you want to turn to that, Romans 8, 15 to 18. It says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And I think that's so neat. We haven't received the spirit of fear. You know, this world is so fearful right now, but Jesus says, no, you haven't received that spirit. You've got sonship, and you cry, Abba, Father. When things are going bad or things are happening, we cry, Father. We have someone that's on our side, that's helping us, that's caring for us. What, what a gift. I mean, it's such a gift what we have. And I think the Overcomer book reminded me of that, too, of who I am in Christ and help me to know that there's not anything that a child of God has to fear. And I was reading Psalm 112.7. It says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Right now, the world is so full of evil tidings. I mean, everywhere you turn on the TV or whatever. But it says, His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And that word fixed there means attached not capable of being moved. We have the good tidings of his word to put our faith in. And aren't you thankful for that now? I'm just so thankful. When I read the word, I just am so blessed. It's a gift. It's such a gift. Um, Corey Tenboom also said this, Connected with him in his love, I am more than a conqueror. Without him, I am nothing. Like some railway tickets in America, I am not good if detached. And I love that, not good if detached. Um, I think my favorite chapter in the book is the book is chapter one next week, that next month that we're going to study, and it's on David and Goliath. And I think it's the best thing I have ever read on David and Goliath. And a couple of things he says that was really amazing. On page two, he says, and if you have your book, you can look it. It says. Um, the obstacles we must overcome fail, fall into three main categories, sin, the world, and the devil. Thankfully, in each case, God has equipped us to overcome every barrier in our path. And that's really a promise, that he's equipped us to overcome every barrier. Every, not just a few, but every. And then on page three, he said, As you learn how David found the strength and courage to face down his giant, you'll discover how to overcome the challenges in your own life. 
David knew his power was in the Lord. His courage was truly a product of his faith in God. Without God, David knew he was powerless against the giant. But with God, he could overcome the fiercest man alive. He said to Goliath, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I have come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. You know, Goliath must have thought, Who is this crazy kid? I don't see anybody. It's just him. There's no host. There's no, you know, but David saw him. He knew God was with him. And um, that's, I mean, that's, that's who our God is. He, the Lord of hosts. He can do anything. Um, and this chapter really inspired me to see my challenges in a different light, as David did. Um, Corey Tembu said this too, he uses our problems as building materials for his miracles. It was a miracle that David fought Goliath and won, but God can do anything. Um, and I think this book really showed me that too, to raise my eyes to him, not just the circumstances. Um, Dr. Jeremiah says in chapter 1 also, the story of David and Goliath is not just a story about a boy fighting a giant. It's the conflict of the ages. It's a story of the battle that's raged since Satan first rebelled against God, the story of good versus evil, the challenge to the living God by the devil and his forces. And I just thought that was so interesting that it's it's we're not fighting against flesh and blood, about, you know, we're right, not fighting against each other. We're fighting against the spirit of wickedness that's in this world, but we're not fighting alone. We're fighting with Jesus. Um, our theme verse for this study is John 16:33. if you want to turn to that in your Bible. And I love this verse. I think this is such a perfect verse for this time in the world, um, such a comfort. It says, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you should have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the Living Bible says it like this. I have told you all, so you will have peace of heart and mind. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but cheer up, for I have overcome the world. And I just thought that was so neat. You'll have peace of heart and mind and who has that right now if you don't know Jesus I mean that's a gift he's given us he says you know be of good cheer cheer up don't look at all the things that are going on I have given you you know peace in me there's peace and uh, Warren Wiersbe said in his commentary um that this message in John 16:33 was given in the upper room. He was speaking to his disciples, and he said, why did he give this message? So that the disciples might have peace in a world of tribulation. Note the contrast between in me and in the world. In Christ there is peace. In the world there is tribulation. This is the position we need to claim. We are in Christ, and therefore we can overcome the world. Romans 12:21 says, "Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good." In Jesus Christ, we have all the resources that we need. In me is the key. In ourselves, we have nothing, but in Christ, we have all that we need. And I love that 
Don't be overcome by evil. I don't know how you guys feel, but sometimes if I watch too much news or something, I just get overcome by the evil. It's just too much. But Jesus is saying, in me, you're going to have peace. Stay in the word, you know, listen to me. And I love this, what Warren Wiersbe said, every believer is either overcome or an overcomer. And I think that's how I am. It seems like some days I'm just overcome. Everything's getting to me. And then other days I feel like I'm in him, I'm reading the word, and I, I feel like an overcomer. And God knows that. You know, he knows what we can take, and it's just, but I want to be more of an overcomer than somebody that's always overcome. Um, and um, the world wants to overcome us. This is why Satan uses the world to persecute and pressure believers. The world wants us to conform. It does not want us to be different. When we yield ourselves to Christ and trust him, he enables us to be overcomers. We must claim our spiritual position in Christ and believe him for victory. And I love that. And I think that book really brings that across, that we need to believe the word and that we are overcomers. In John 16.33, Jesus also said, Be of good cheer is one of the Lord's repeated statements of encouragement. Literally, it means cheer up. And we need that right now, right? To hear somebody say that to us. Um, there is good cheer in his pardon, his power, and his presence. He announces good cheer of his victory over the world. We are overcomers because he has first overcome for us. God transforms our sorrow into joy. We must believe his promises and pray. And I think that's the key is read his promises, believe them, and that's what makes us an overcomer. And I love this F.B. Meyer talks about John 16:33. be of good cheer I've overcome the world he says in the midst of the battle when the soldiers are weary with fatigue if the general rides into the midst to cheer them with a heart with some hearty words they cheer him enthusiastically and take up new hope so down the line our leader and commander sends us the encouragement of these inspiring words be of good cheer I have overcome the world let us drink of their comfort and encouragement to the full, that amid our tribulation in him we may have peace. In addition to peace, there shall one day be victory. We also shall overcome and shall sit with Christ on his throne as he has overcome and sits with his father upon his. And I thought that was so neat when the soldiers are weary and fatigued, the general comes. And isn't that true when you feel like that? God always comes and strengthens you and gives you hope in some way, either through his word, through a, another believer, or through worship. And I think that's, he, we're not alone in this. He knows what we need. Um, and um, in John 17, 14, Warren Wearsby said, that's the continuation of John 16, 33, John 17 is the prayer of the overcomer. It's Jesus praying for his disciples, praying for us. And he says he mentions the world 19 times in this prayer and shows us how to overcome the world. So if you want to read John 17, I never heard that before, but he said it's, that's what it's called, the overcomer's prayer. Um, the word is a precious gift from heaven. John 17:14 says, I have given them thy word. 
We must never take it for granted, for those who are overcomers know the word and how to use it in daily life. And I love that, you know, how to use the word in daily life. And I think in this Overcomer book, he also shares about that. Um, and um, I think a lot of times I know for me, you know, like David, he knew that God could do anything. And he wasn't afraid of Goliath because he knew his God. He knew that he wasn't limited to his strength or his abilities, that God was going to work through him. And I think my, um, I, I, I don't have that mindset all the time. I, I worry about the circumstances or how are we going to get through this or whatever. But, you know, when you look to the Lord, he gives you, that peace that he can do anything. You don't have to worry about it. And F.B. Meyer said this, and I thought it was so neat, you know, that Jesus is the greatest overcomer in, overcomer in history. And he says, the whole gospel is a story of the duel in which our Lord forever mastered Satan. When our Lord cried, it is finished, with a shout of a conqueror, he proclaimed to the universe that though tempted to the uttermost, he had not yielded in one particular, that evil was not an eternal power, that wrong was not omnipotent. The cross was the crisis of this world's history. The prince of this world measured himself for one final wrestle with the Son of God. Had he succeeded, evil would have reigned. But since he failed, he fell as lightning from heaven. Christ has conquered for you. You met a foe who is not invincible. Christ conquered not for himself, but for all those that believe. The prince of this world has been judged and found wanting. He is condemned forevermore. So that's who we serve, the prince of the whole universe. You know, um, We belong to another kingdom as believers. Revelations 21, 4-7 says, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more pain, for the for former things are passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And this last line is about overcoming. He who, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. We're going to inherit all things. So we look forward to that. We look forward to no more warfare, no more crying, no more tears, no more pain. Um, and, you know, when we're reminded of what a powerful God we serve, then it's easy to overcome. Then, then we know it's, it's not our abilities. Uh, there's a hymn called All Hail the Power. Anybody know that hymn? Yeah, it's kind of an old hymn, but it's so powerful. We used to sing it when I first got saved, and we truly believed that our God could do anything. We used to sing it at the top of our lungs. And some of the lyrics are, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. And um, 
that's who he is. He's Lord of all, all our circumstances, all the evil that's in the world today. He's Lord of all. And there's a remarkable story about this hymn. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's told by E.P. Scott, a pioneer missionary in India. And I thought it was so awesome. It says, one day he was waylaid by a murderous band of tribesmen who were closing in on him with spears. On impulse, the missionary took his violin out of his luggage and began to play this and sing this hymn. When he reached the stanza, let every kindred, every tribe, he saw to his surprise every spear lowered and many of the tribesmen moved to tears. Scott spent the remaining years of his life preaching and ministering God's love and redemption to these people. God in his providence used a simple hymn as a means of introducing the gospel to a group of needy people. And that's how God's way is, like David with the slingshot. He didn't use any kind of, you know, um, cannon or whatever. He used something simple, but this hymn brought these people to tears. So in our lives, whatever, you know, God can use, it, you can't limit him. Um, F.B. Meyer said, let us dedicate ourselves to the great task before us and to which Jesus has pledged us. Let us devote ourselves to the great cause for which Jesus died. Let us highly resolve that he shall not have died in vain. Let us offer and present ourselves, our souls, our bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto God, that his will might be done through us as it is in heaven. And I love this quote because I feel like the Overcomer book, just reading the stories, reading the scriptures, has really inspired me to want to be more of a conqueror, more of an overcomer, not settle, you know, for the easy life, and to wholly dedicate, devote, and resolve to honor Jesus in this crazy world, no matter what happens. And on the last page of the book, Dr. Jeremiah says, Finally, to Jesus Christ, the greatest overcomer of all time, we dedicate this book. And I loved that because um, that's the last chapter. He talks about Jesus, the greatest overcomer.